Left. Right. Yo, thank you for joining. This is episode 62 of Sip Talk with James, the Bosnator Boswell, bartender extraordinaire, philosopher, professional accountant, professional soccer referee, uh, and myself. I apologize for my condition during this episode as I shoveled for about five hours for the first time after moving to the suburbs. Uh, definitely going to be getting a snowblower on that note, so save your comments. Tell me to buy a snowblower. Um, and just listen and let me know what you think. Today we're talking about remote online learning. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 I will like to start off with uh, welcoming you, James, and anyone who's watching this early uh, to episode 62 of the Sip Talk podcast. Today we're going to be talking about snow days. I am wiped the fuck out. I was uh, I was at, I wasn't up early, but I was out the door before nine, shoveling snow until about one o'clock this afternoon. Um, and all I was looking forward to do today was to come in and have a nice glass of scotch. So, cheers the fuck to us for yeah. drinking regularly and uh, and celebrating that. And How much cheers. snow did you get? So I think we got about fourteen inches where I am now. So I shoveled this snow, but it was heavy ass snow, and it got it got closer like in the high thirties today. So the snow started to melt a little bit, and right now, if you look, there's about six inches, uh, and there's some massive drifts. So, I don't know. Big change from New York City, where I owned one shovel. I think we talked about this the other day. One shovel I used to uh, shovel out the motorcycle. So, um, big change. Did you even go into the city today? No way. I couldn't. There was no getting down the driveway until uh, uh, until this place was shoveled out. So, um, so that's that. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't go in. I didn't declare a snow day because... I didn't feel like there was any reason to. I couldn't get in. If I was still in Manhattan, I would have gone down to the office, taken the subway, taken the cab, walked, and I would have done business. Or I would have worked from home, which a lot of people already do, which is why I want to give the title of this podcast, No More Snow Days Ever. Um, and I think that is, you know, we'll, we'll move on to the distance learning uh, in a little bit, because I think that's kind of where we started with this. But the fact that, and I posted about this like a week ago on Twitter, that you can thank Zoom for uh, for no more snow days, you know, and and you know, and that was catalyzed by coronavirus. Yeah. Which I, you know, you know, what's wild is how Zoom is such a popular thing now. We're talking across the Zoom platform, but. It's, you know, we're effectively Skyping each other via Zoom. Skype really dropped the ball um, with, it, you know, and same thing for Apple. Skype is a Microsoft product. And same thing with Apple uh, FaceTime. Uh, Zoom, which was relatively unknown prior, uh, really just swiped in here and fucking delivered. Well, Microsoft I, rolled Skype into its Teams platform. 
And I don't know if you've used Microsoft Teams, but my office does, and um, we've come to like it a lot. And it and and, and Microsoft Teams has a video chat function that I would assume works very similar to Zoom. Possibly, possibly. Um, I wouldn't know. I, what about NetMeeting? Is that owned by Microsoft? I, I haven't even heard of it. Okay, people. I get invited to meet. I get invited to meetings. Sometimes and I'm just, I wait for my phone to ring and then like I look at the calendar invite and it's there's like some URL I have to click on then I got to download something and I, gotta, I download it then I got to set it up and then I got to sign up for it and by the time I do all this shit it's like 15 minutes after the meeting was supposed to start and I have like three emails from people saying hey are you showing up hey it's getting late hey we'll have to do it another time <laughs> so and that's literally that's happening multiple times speaking of which. Do you know what I just did about an hour before we jumped online? Because I, you know, I was uh, racing back to the house. I drove by the entrance to the house again. Remember, I told you I drove well, by. Well, this time it was I, under a whole bunch of snow, so you had an excuse there. I did it. I did it yesterday, <laughs> and I did it. I did it uh, again just an hour ago. So I got a. This is. You know, you tell a cab driver I'm going to 63rd and West End, or you're going to 75th and Lexington. Like they just take you. There's no overshooting, no overshooting shit, and and you can get pissed as hell at them if they if they're at the wrong place. Um, all right, I want to get into I want to get into this distance learning. Um, how about we start but, off by talking about how great snow days were? Well, snow days are snow days are awesome because they're awesome if you have to stay at home. Camp. Uh, or in your case, your parents were both teachers, so usually you got a snow day, they did as well, right? Most of the time. My mom was a college professor, so the Siena College didn't very rarely had a campus-wide policy where like the entire campus would be closed, so it would usually be on the individual professors to decide whether or not they wanted to cancel class in a day. So I don't know how my mom made the decision, but when I was in school, Basically, we would just check our emails in the morning to see if that particular professor said, yeah, I'm not coming in today. Um, my dad was a public school teacher, so generally, if my school was canceled, his probably was too. Um, so it was, it was tough for him to, to get to the school, which is what I left. the. I didn't officially close the office today, but I was stuck here until I could shovel my way out of here. So, and I, I'm not really on a mountain. Yeah. No, I'm not on a mountain. But snow days were great. And back in the day, you used to have to watch the uh, news channels. You'd have to wake up like an hour before you normally would to watch the channel and watch, yeah, the bottom scroll and wait for yeah. your district to come up. Yeah, alphabetically. So yep. you would have to wait school. And if you missed it, or like if you were just getting ready and it was about to show up, but then, like, you know, you look down or something. Or, or, or it went know, to an ad break. Yeah. And, or, yeah, or a commercial. And then you're just like, oh, shit. I, I gotta, and, you're, and you're literally on the edge of your seat, especially as a kid. You're on the edge of your seat to, uh, uh, to see if your school is closed. And then what it is, if, you're, if it's early enough, like if you're high school, you can be like, fuck this, I'm going back to sleep. Um, or you just head, like, right out the door and you just, like, start playing out in the snow, which I think. Like yeah, you just go sledding and make snowman, and it's just a day where you get to just do all the fun things that involve snow, and then like you go inside and you make cookies and and watch TV, and 
like all your friends are also free. So if you happen to live close to somebody, now you're just hanging out with all your friends. Yeah, I I, I love snow days and uh, snow days might have been then, the best pot might have been the best single thing about being a kid was getting yeah, a snow day. And now they're gone. And now they're gone because any teacher can set up an internet connection and teach the fuck out of the, out of their kids and just keep that information flowing screen to screen despite the snow. So let me and, tell you, if I were yeah. a parent and I had kids and it's a snow day, so let's just assume it's back to normal non-COVID things where you're normally in the school every day. And it happens to be, yeah, the school's closed because it's a snow day. And the teacher in the school says, yeah, but we're not doing snow days. You're expected to log into Zoom. I'm going to look at my kids and I'm going to say, screw that. There's this thing before you were even alive called a snow day where you didn't have to do anything school related. Get the sleds. We're going outside. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about the things that will no longer exist. And That's a huge loss for kids. Well, yes, it is. I was thinking about this a little while ago. It was downtime. Uh, the TV was on. I was on my phone. I was also, I was using two phones and an iPad simultaneously, the three of them, comparing vehicles. So I had the different specs of the vehicle across the, the three screens. And the TV was on. And somebody on the TV was talking about, like, just, you know, you're waiting for somebody to call, and you're just bored, and you're waiting, you're anticipating. And I was like, but you... But back in the day, you had nothing to do but sit and focus on that anticipation, and it would drive you mad. Now, yes, you get anxious, but you have, like, back in the day, you would take a crap, you'd be like, fucking bored. Let, let me grab a shampoo magazine. Bottle. Let me, yeah, you're lucky if you got a magazine, but if you had nothing, you'd grab a shampoo bottle. Now, people, you know, taking their iPad and, I go, uh, you know, in the public bathroom, my office, I hear people like conducting meetings, you know, while they're taking a shit. And I'm just like, oh, God. Oh. Speaking of anticipation, do you remember Mr. Lee's snow dance? Uh, I, I, don't. I don't. Whenever there was snow in the forecast, if it was like, let's say it was Tuesday and there's supposed to be snow Tuesday night or Wednesday or whatever, he would get the entire class to like face whatever direction the snow was coming and like the, like, Muslims that pray to Mecca, we would all get down on our hands and knees and go, snow. Snow. And I remember when it was snowing during the day, so let's say we went into school and like it didn't start snowing until like 8 or 9 o'clock, so we were already there. Mm -hmm. I remember in high school, somebody figured out that if they were going to let school out early, because the roads are going to get too bad later on in the day, that the cafeteria would not start making lunches. Aha, uh -huh, yeah. So there would always be a spy that would be walking by like the cafeteria to see if the lunch ladies were making lunch or whatever. And if it got too late enough in the day where like they'd have to start or otherwise lunch wouldn't be ready. We're like it's 10 o'clock guys. They haven't started making lunch yet. That means we're going home early. Yeah. That's exactly what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. But of course they wouldn't. And then as soon as we found out they were making lunches, everybody in the school just got depressed for the rest of the day. Sure. But also once you found out that they hadn't started making lunch, the day went to shit. And nobody, oh, yeah, nobody did any work. It's like, all right, we're going home soon. And nobody learned shit. So, uh, but, but snow days are a relic of the past. Um, and there's a lot of things that, like, people are just, I would thought this a while back. So, yeah, you're not going to have that downtime where you have literally, literally nothing to do. Like, you don't have a TV in your room. You don't have an iPhone or an iPad or computer in your you room. You might have a radio in your room. 
you're okay. Yeah. And your parents are watching the news on the living room TV and you, the one TV in the household, the one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had, I guess we had a couple, but not, but no. a lot of people grew up, a lot of people our age, when they grew up, the, the house had one TV. Yeah, and it wasn't because TVs were that, that expensive, but it was because, like, why would you need more than one TV? Like, yeah, that, yeah. You, you, know, you didn't do, back in the day, at 10 o'clock at night, or sometimes at midnight, the TV would just go to stack. Like, they didn't have enough shows to keep you know, sending the message. Sending yeah, either be static or some infomercial. Well, yeah, infomercials and that infomercials progressed. So that's another thing people aren't going to remember. Back in the day when the TV just went off. Yeah, or a test pattern. Yeah, exactly. And that was and that was it. That was it. Um, what are you drinking over there? I am drinking the second can of the Edmonds Oast Sour Rainbow Sherbet, which is just an incredible beer. So, uh, speaking of beer, I told you I, I couldn't remember what it was that I drank in France. Uh, and I, I love this beer. I spent so much time trying to find it. I thought I found it the other day. I thought it was this beer called La Fin du Monde, but I just had this weird doubt in my mind that it wasn't that. And what was and it? And it wasn't. It wasn't. And I didn't, I just, it didn't feel right. Um, I told you it, it was. It was a beer called Grimbergen. And I've had it once since and that was at harlem public which typically throws interesting beer on tap uh, but it was a beer called grimbergen i don't know too much about it i wouldn't know where to find it locally uh, but it was a great beer oh, and, I see. Uh, yeah i found it so but the yeah, lefindumann yeah, sound a little funny to me because they have it at harlem public a lot so it, it didn't seem right and then there's a new restaurant in Brooklyn called that just opened up a month ago called Fin du Monde, hmm. um, which I don't know what that means, but uh, end of the world. Okay, and uh, and I, I just it looked like a cool restaurant, which is where it, in Brooklyn it looked so it looked like a cool restaurants in Brooklyn. So in Brooklyn is where you build cool restaurants. Uh, you don't always build cool restaurants in Manhattan unless you know it's going to work. Uh, and nobody's building restaurants now in Manhattan because they don't know if it's going to work because the rent prices are... Well, nobody's building restaurants now, period. Well, no, this one just opened in Brooklyn. Okay. So, Bold move. Yeah. See if it works out. Uh, so, uh, but, but that's it. Within the models I was doing the other night, Grimbergen is the one I've been looking for for years. Tonight, I've got... I've been, oh, I've been dreaming of, of a nice... Peace, gosh, all day long. Um, I got Talisker. Uh, it was a gift from one of the agents, Kazi. He bought it for me. And <laughs> he was in a college dorm at the time. And his roommate drank half the, half the bottle. Because, <laughs> you know, you're in a dorm. And he's like, ah, oh, that's, you know. And I'm sure his roommate probably hated it. But, yeah, he would drink fucking Everclear. Uh, you know, when you're in college, so. Oh, yeah, don't, don't do that. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, I, I enjoy the fact that we get to see each other and hang out and catch up via Zoom. And we get to discuss interesting topics, and, and that's cool. But it's not the same as something in person. And I think when it comes to learning an online course, is 
is the information's there a lot of the time. But what you miss is that connection. Mm-hmm. And sometimes for a teacher to be an effective teacher, they have to have that connection with the students. When I, I know when I give a meeting uh, in, in our office, I'm always watching the different people. And I mean, you can do that when you have 17 people on, on Zoom squares across. It's not the same, though. It's not the same. And it's, I, I just, I don't feel like it's as effective. I'm just going to go out and say that it's virtually impossible to be charismatic on a video call. Well, with as many people as you have uh, on the receiving end also, because you can't, you just can't connect with people. But even if you're doing, like, say, teaching a class and you got 20 or 30 people in there at any level, kids or college level, it, like, there, there's something to being able to read the crowd. And when you're in a room and you can look at everybody all at the same time and not just see their face, but see their body language and everything else, you can figure out what you need to tailor. If you're good, you know how to get people back engaged. But a lot of times, like for, for college classes or whatever, a lot of the times the students will have their cameras turned off. So you're just kind of giving a lecture into the void. Oh, it's going to be so just brain-numbing. Oh. Um, th- yeah, last week I went out and had a, a beer with my finance professor from this past semester, well, fall, um, the spring semester, and halfway through the school required that the all classes go to online only because of Corona. Of course. And yeah. um, as soon as that happened, my interest in the class tanked. Because I just couldn't engage anymore. I liked, I liked the professor. I was engaged in the class. I was doing well. But I need to have somebody that I can kind of just pester with questions in person. And yeah. It, yeah. it didn't work for me online. I told him that. My experience with online courses is that you were doing the bulk of the work. So I didn't do homework in high school. Uh, I didn't study in high school. I did do, like, the reports. But I didn't do like, oh, Monday night's homework is, you know, read chapter three and answer the questions. And I just, I just figured like, you know, that'll bring my A minus, B plus down to a C plus, B minus, because I'm just not getting the points for the homework. But as long as I paid attention in class, I would learn enough to pass the tests. Uh, and that wasn't always the case. There were some teachers that just bullshitted the whole class and then said, go home and read chapter one and two. And we'll have a test on it. And I found that happened less in high school than it did in college. The bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, yeah. That's that's one hundred percent accurate. Yeah. College professors are are more. Um, they're just more about business. But I did take a lot of not a lot, but a decent amount of online courses in college. And fuck that. Like you're just you're doing all the reading. You have to read the whole fucking textbook, and you got to answer all those questions. And depending on the format of the online course and how involved the professor is, you have to be like hitting deadlines. And- yeah. Well, yeah, online courses are a lot more self-taught because I've taken a few and the ones that I have have been stuff that um, in like my, my recent accounting foray, the, the self-taught classes that I've taken have been basically outside the specific areas of accounting. They've been like economics classes or statistics, which don't directly relate, but like any of the accounting coursework, I need to be there in person because I like to ask a professor because 
there's a lot of gray areas in accounting. But sure, yeah, and also concepts that you know may not be super clear right off the rip, and it sucks having to reread the same paragraph in a chapter four times. Well, and also in accounting, a lot yeah. a lot of the concepts are actually pretty easy, but they don't read well. Where if you have a professor to say, hey, here's a scenario, here's how we sketch it out and everything, you're like, oh, that makes total sense. But when you read the way it's explained in the textbook, I'm like, I never would have gotten that. So I helped a friend of mine with a, a, a like, I don't even know it was an advanced Excel. It was just an Excel course. Um, and I can't remember what, it was a college course. I don't remember what they use, like Blackboard or something like that. Yeah, that's one of them. Is that something? Yeah. That's, that's an online learning system, yeah. Yeah, and I basically took the course, and I got through like the first two or three chapters, and then realized everything I was doing was completely wrong. And at this point, like, I'm a procrastinator, so I had told my friend I would help out. <laughs> and I realized, like, fuck, like, I'm going to let her down. This is a big deal. So I actually had to outsource someone and I, I think I paid like $50 a chapter because it, I use Excel every day. Excel's and an amazing program. It is, but I couldn't. And like, it wasn't that much more complex than anything I was doing on a regular basis. I just couldn't follow the textbook and then apply it with the instructions that were there. And the way they, you know, they're like read pages one, two, three, six, and seven. And then, you know, you're going to complete assignment uh, A24, A27, A29. And you're going to use the, the, you know, the selection from A26 and apply that to A28. And it, at this point, I'm just like, like I'm making a fucking chart trying to figure this shit out. Um, you should have made the chart in Excel. I should have made the chart in Excel. Uh, but it was, it was, it made me feel retarded. And I was doing it because I, I was like, oh, like I could help with that. Like I'd love to learn about Excel and I'd love to I'd love to learn how I'm not utilizing it. And then lo and behold, um, I like and I I did it because I wanted to learn. I didn't do it to benefit myself and get credits. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh I just I, I was so frustrated. So and I like like you know, I love doing stuff and, and learning and but not that way, not in the, the construct of the school system and, and doing things their way. It was fucking miserable. Yeah, with Excel, what I've found since, obviously, in the accounting world, I use it all the time. Um, the best thing to do is just find something that you want to find a task that you want to, the Excel to do. And then just start Googling and see the ways that people do it. And that's a way for you to learn how to use new formulas and everything. Because two years ago when I started off at this firm, I didn't know how to use Excel beyond like the most basic stuff. But now like I'm doing pivot tables and like V lookups and ifs, like if statements. So that way I can like reference stuff off of a different sheet and get it all to feed in together. And like it's something where each one of those little tasks I've gotten good at by just playing around with it and trying to see how much can I automate. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, 
don't know. Excel, Excel is cool, and that's really kind of geeky of us. But it is. It's, it's a great software. Well, in, in my finance class, one of the things that my professor talked about was he said, if you don't get anything else from this class, because he presented a lot of his stuff in Excel, and he showed us how to do all the different calculations in Excel. He said, if you get nothing else from this class, just know that the best skill you can possibly have is being good with Excel. Well, that is a good skill. I, I do, I do um, like image editing in Microsoft Word. <laughs> so uh, I, love, I love Microsoft Word. I think it's, I, it, you know. I, I, I do not like Microsoft Word. I, I mean, all I, I have to use it, but there's a lot of things that happen with it that just don't make sense to me. Yeah, well, that that too. Um, let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about the distance learning and how shitty that is. Uh, no. Okay. That was what? Alexa. That was Alexa. What does she want? She wanted to ask. She just asked me if I wanted to chat with. Uh, an award-winning uh, Alexa-enabled social bot, and and basically you're just kind of training AI to to do humans. No, no thanks, Amazon. You pay somebody to do that. It's uh, they're not going to pay anybody for shit. They're going to do that. Um. <laughs> oh, on a side note, um, on the Amazon topic, so. There's a, this, this rumor that everyone talks about how, like, in Amazon warehouses, the workers don't have enough time to even go to the bathroom, so, like, they have to, like, pee in bottles or something. Yeah. Um, so one of my friends lives up in Columbia, and her roommate is uh, – she works in an Amazon warehouse. And so I said, hey, is that roommate tr – is that is that rumor true? And she said, oh, yeah, totally. Like, 100% true. You don't have like you only get five minutes to go to the bathroom in a mile long warehouse. It may take you five minutes just to get to the bathroom. Oh, for real? For real? Yeah. I thought you were gonna say that's that's bullshit. And no, like, I wasn't. I didn't know. I, I figured I'm gonna ask someone who works there. They would, and they're not gonna lie to me. I mean, I stood up in the middle of our live podcast, which is about drinking. So give me a break. And I said, I got to take a piss. I'll be, I'll be right back. Right. But to actually go to the bathroom takes you maybe a minute. But if you have to walk five to ten minutes to get to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, but just, but just think. Like, imagine being, like, a city bus driver or, or a train, like, a train driver in the MTA. Like, you don't get to piss, man. Like, that's, what, you know, like. It's, yeah, you, but you, you probably don't. A bus full you, of people and be like, excuse me, guys. Uh, I gotta, you know, I gotta take a crap. So if you guys could just, it'll be five, six, you know, maybe ten minutes, but probably five. You know, I'll aim for four, but just hang tight, guys. So or you can clear out the first around. row. This will be done in a minute and a half. You can what? Clear out the first seats, and I'll be done in a minute and a half. I, t I did I tell you about the Starbucks? Somebody shared the Starbucks the other day. No. No, I didn't tell you this. So New York City is getting bad. Uh, you know, there's a Starbucks on either end of the block my office is on. So the office is kind of in the middle of the block. So Starbucks on each end of the block. And uh, it's a Saturday. I walked in the front door of the Starbucks, and there's a homeless guy asking for money. I usually go out the side door, one, because it's closer to the entrance of my office, and two, because I don't want, you know, feel bad not giving this guy money to buy drugs. Um and uh, I went to walk out the back door after getting a, a coffee, 
and uh, it was roped off. So I was like, whatever. I didn't ask anybody. I just went. I walked out the front door, around the corner. I looked in the doorway, and there's a pile of human shit just chilling out in the doorway. How high? Uh, what's that? How big? Big, big. Uh, but that's because the homeless people, you know, like they don't have anywhere else to go, and uh, and it's like a little out. They actually took out across the street from this place. They took out the telephone booths. And there was two uh, city phone booths, and that's what the homeless people were formerly using to, to go to the bathroom. And it was right in front of an Irish restaurant in a little bodega, and it reeked so bad. I talked to the owner of the bodega last week, and I'm like, hey, I took those things out. And he's like, thank God, thank God. Um, I, I, I feel bad, but like that's what the city's getting to. and. You know, now that we don't have snow days uh, and the homeless people are just going wild. Uh, hey, at least the snow's covering up the poop. Oh, God. That's the nice thing in New York City about when it snows is that while it's snowing and for a short period after the snow, it looks clean. And then usually two or three hours. 12 hours. Well, no, not even because there's so much traffic on the streets that the snow just instantly turns brown and gray and there's slush and there's puddles everywhere. And pe- and there's so many people with dogs, uh, the do- you know, the, the dog shit. Okay. So uh, the minute the snow stops. Basically. That, yeah. Then it starts to accumulate. So you got a couple hours before like it gets gross. Um, but it, you know, yeah, that's, that's the thing about the city. Um, it, you know, it can get gross, man. It, can get, it doesn't smell as bad in the wintertime, though. In the summertime, the smells get get pretty damn, uh, pretty damn bad. <sighs> I don't know. So you're doing a really good job as a real estate agent promoting why people should want to move to New York City. You know, if look, it's a life. You know, it's a lifestyle, and uh, you know, if you got work there and you don't want to commute an hour each way like I do right now, um, you know, move into New York City. It makes sense. It makes sense for a lot of people. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm as honest as it gets. Uh, I actually just, I just talked to, uh, I told you I was looking at some cars. Uh, I talked to a car salesman and uh, he was like super honest and straight up. He's like, yeah, it was an, it was an Audi dealer. And he's like, I drive a Chevy truck. And I think the I think the Audis are great cars, uh, but like that's not what I'm driving. So, um, I don't know. That's but his his wife has a an Audi, so he's got that coming for him. But on a personal level, that's not what he chose. So on the online learning thing, do you think that they might actually rethink the whole snow day thing and kind of say, you know what, screw it? That, that or do you think that the online learning is here to stay? Well, that's a that's a really because a lot of people aren't happy with it. Pretty much everybody, really. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, like, that's change, man. And a lot of shit happens slowly and we just deal with it. And then it's different when you look back. And some things just happen like that, just like coronavirus. And it doesn't, I just don't see why you would be like, okay, it's snowing. We have no reason to stop online classes. We should just stop. Uh, I do have a good comment, though. Um, I teach special ed, 
and they said it can't stay. I don't know what it can't stay means, but I think. Oh, no, in, in the special education world, online teaching can't stay because so much of what you're doing with special needs kids is going to be not so much the learning in terms of book learning or whatever, because some of them aren't even capable of that. It's teaching them life skills that it's just impossible to do online in terms of just physical coordination and socialization and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. A lot physical. And then attention maintenance. Like you have to, you can't make, you know, if somebody's, you know, if we're screen to screen and you just lose, uh, uh, you know, interest in what, what I'm saying, and you just go wander off the room, and I just keep talking. Like you are f- 110% disconnected from me. Yeah, uh, and more worried about your sock drawer or something. So, so yeah, get- in the special education world, there it, it, it it's a completely different learning objective than for a kid that's in mainstream classes. A lot of it is going to be more physical coordination and and teaching them basic social constructs about how to just interact socially with other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely get the special ed aspect of the online learning. And uh, I get that. I get that. Um, but I just, I don't, I just, I can't build a really good reason. that The special needs, um, that's a solid one. But that's a small fraction. Of, of people, um, you know, so like what's a good case to keep snow days for everybody else? Because, because sometimes irrational behaviors that result in joy are more valuable than pure logical reasoning. Sure. Just like giving people vacation time, mm-hmm. but they already have that. So, well, it depends on where you are, because like in New York, the, I remember the school would have a budget for the number of snow days that they would expect in a year. And so let's say it was five snow days. And I remember like in some years where we got a lot of snow or whatever, we ended up at like seven or eight snow days or whatever. Like, well, we're going to have to find some time, find, like cancel one of the other vacation days that we had to make up this day that we I got ne- back in January. I never understood that. It should really be what the kids are learning. There's not a monetary. Uh, no, there's. It's um either a state or a federal law in terms of the number of classroom days that kids have to have. But just think, you know, we're here in. Well, we're not actually. I was going to say New York, New Jersey. Uh, I was going to say just New York, actually, but I'm not New York, <laughs> and nor are you. So you're in South Carolina. And I am in New Jersey. Are there any snow days in South Carolina? So two years ago, we actually got snow that stuck around for more than just a day. We mm-hmm. had snow on the ground for a good three days or so. And I think at least where I was, we got about five or six inches, which in Charleston is all sorts of record breaking. <laughs> um, and we don't have like in the entire city of Charleston, there might be a single plow. So, and here's something that I realized, because, like, I took my car out, and I was driving, and I was like, this is fun. Um, But, and there were other people that are out driving it, either because they wanted to, but most likely because they had to. And one thing that I didn't really think about until I saw the effects of it a day or two later is the reason why you plow roads is twofold. 
One is so that way, like the snow doesn't pile up too much that you can actually drive on the road. But the other is that if you've got cars constantly driving over snow, it'll pack down into ice. Yeah. And the ice will not go away for some time because ice melts a lot slower than snow because it's so much more dense. And so all these people were driving on these roads and three inches, four inches, five inches pile up and it just keeps it compacted down. There were roads that didn't clear off of having ice for four or five days. And the ice was an inch and a half, two inches thick because it was just all the snow compacted down. And that's in South Carolina. Yeah, it, that was super rare. But yeah, the schools were out for about a week because of that. And that would have been one in New York. It would have either been no, maybe one day. It would have either been a half day or one day where you had off. Whereas down here, it was a week. And I could understand it because pretty much all the roads were a sheet of ice. I've got a picture of me standing in the middle of Interstate 526. And there are no cars in any direction. And it's just white everywhere. But nobody was driving. Nobody went anywhere. And... Well, that's that's it's nice. To, that's a nice thing about snow is it do, it does allow us to just put things on pause. But the rest of the country doesn't have that. They don't have snow yeah. days. Well, you know what? I so, think twenty twenty has had enough of people staying at home and doing nothing. So okay, fair enough. But I would, um, I would like. To I'll tell you though, what we have that New York didn't. We get hurricane days. You lucky motherfucker! Must be nice. Must be nice with your hurricane days. I, I look forward to them. Every single year, whenever something spins up in the Atlantic, there is no bigger cheerleader for it to zero in on Charleston than me. I get irrationally excited about it to the point where the people in the office either think I'm crazy or actually get angry with me because they're like, we really don't want a hurricane. Why are you so happy about this? <laughs> well, yeah. It, it is it, in that city, especially downtown Charleston, it can be very detrimental. And it's shitty for the people that are negatively affected. But from your perspective, you're not, especially where you live, you're not being impacted so much by. I'm it. in a second floor apartment. The biggest risk is that, like, my car is parked on the ground, obviously, is that my car would flood. So usually what I'll do is the day before the hurricane's supposed to hit, I'll drive my car to a downtown parking deck and park it like two or three floors up and it's not going to flood to 15 or 20 feet. So <laughs> I, I'll park my car two or three floors up and then I'll take an Uber back. And then if I need to get around, I've got my bike and during the hurricane, there's not really anywhere to go anyways, because there's trees down everywhere and like stuff's just flying all over the place. So you're not going anywhere for two or three days. And then once things calm down, I'll go and pick up my car again. Usually the, the parking garage is, have like free parking anyways because no employees or whatever because the whole city shuts down and evacuates. Um, but even if I had to pay 20 or 30 bucks to park my car somewhere as like temporary flood insurance. But yeah, I'm or, in a second floor or, apartment. My apartment's not going to flood. The worst that could happen would be a tree comes through the roof and like, yeah, then, then we've got issues. Yeah. Or if it's time to get a new car, you could let your car flood and, uh, you know, insurance would help you pick a new one up. Um, that was one other thing you said. There's only one one plow probably in your county. Um, I was shoveling today, and plow after plow after plow kept going by. And I don't know any plow people yet. I wanted to get a plow for the for my truck, 
but uh, but I haven't had an opportunity to do that yet. Uh, and I just wanted one of these guys to like slow down and be like, hey, you know, like it's a hundred bucks, you know, and I'll, I'll take I'll take over for you. And uh, and nobody slowed down. And there was, I mean, every truck that went by this morning must have had a plow on it. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've had snow days before. We've had ice days too, where sometimes it gets cold enough because again, none of our stuff is designed with freezing temperatures in mind. So like the Ravenel Bridge, the big bridge from downtown Charleston to Mount Pleasant, it's got this, these giant cable suspensions. Yeah. And there was one time where we had an ice storm and so the ice froze on the cables and the cables hang over the actual road deck. Yeah. So they like the icicles would start breaking off and actually landed on cars that are doing like 70 miles an hour, which could legitimately hurt somebody. So they yeah. shut down the entire bridge until all the ice fell off the cables. And if you built that same bridge in a Northern environment, you'd probably engineer it differently so that the cables don't hang directly over the road deck. But here it doesn't matter because it's so rare that stuff freezes. Yeah, true. True. Um, I want to, so I just want to give an observation I had this morning. I've never had a gravel driveway. I now have a gravel driveway. Okay. And, and to me, I think it would just be easier if I let the grass grow through it. Um, one, because gravel is dusty as fuck. So I'd rather just have like grass and dirt that you drive over. Um, two, this morning when I'm trying to shovel, I was picking up shovelfuls of fucking rocks and just throwing them in the lawn, which I will in a few months have to mow. So I'm basically you know, just throwing projectiles into the lawn. Uh, it was oh so it was like wow, gravel is such a bad thing to make a driveway out of. It didn't. It just to me it didn't uh, didn't make any sense. And I don't think that gravel driveway um, is going to be something that I I have for too long because that was that was really shitty. And the other thing is like I need to learn a better way to shovel. Um, you know, I had I had a push shovel. And then I had like a kind of scooping shovel and I was doing a bit of both, uh, but the stone got really heavy. So, it, you know, e e either option ended up just being a shitty option and now I have a broken back, but I need to, there's gotta be, there's gotta be like an optimal way to shovel snow that I don't know what it is yet. And, and on top of that on gravel, on the, because you can't, I couldn't push, I couldn't push the push shovel across. Because it just catching you know, the gravel. It kept catching like a big chunk of gravel, um, like a you know two or three inch rock, and then just come to a stop. And I basically propel myself over. Uh, hmm. uh, so so I don't know. I don't I, you know snow isn't something I've interacted with uh, that much over the last few years. So here I am. Shoveling away. Uh, nice thing is, though, I, I left a case of beer outside, and last night I had a nice fire. Going to the fireplace, I had a case of beer outside. I could just step back out of the, the the back patio, stick my hand in there, pop open a beer. It was ice cold, um, so that was nice. That was definitely a, a nice, nice thing. Um, so I did notice, and this was this is a rough 
This is a rough judgment call for me to make this morning. Guy across the street got out there roughly the same time as me, maybe a little later, 9.30-ish, probably he was out there. Um, I started up a snowblower and just blown snow away. You know, he was done in, he was done in an hour, hour and a half tops. Um, but I'm shoveling and shoveling and shoveling. And then the woman who's the next house down for me, uh, older woman, she came out and, and started shoveling a little bit. And the whole time I kept thinking, I should help her. But then I kept thinking, I was the only person who shoveled the whole driveway. Everybody else I hear is a snowblower. So I was just like, I. The person with a snowblower be helping her? Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. Like, I wanted to help. I felt bad I didn't help. But, I, like, one, I don't think my back could. Like, I, just, I literally, after that, I came in, I took a hot ass shower and just put the hot water on my back because my back is already fucked. Um, and then I just laid on, on the floor for like an hour. My back was just fucking wrecked. So, so when a winter storm hits an area and people die from the winter storm, you know what the number one cause of death in winter storms is? Heart attack or shoveling? Yep. Is that really it? Yeah. It was a workout and a half. My watch like recorded me having a workout, and I was like, I'm not, I, I stopped it, and then I realized it went on automatically. So um, I also sent uh, the same guy that brought, brought me the scotch. Apparently, my watch was sending like drawing messages to him, so something must have been rubbing on the watch, conducting electricity, and it, it sent him all these very artistic drawings. So, um, but yeah, I, my heart rate was through the fucking roof and I was covered in sweat. Uh, and I was super dehydrated because I had, I had a shirt on and then I had two hoodies on, um, and just jeans and like some running shoes, which was probably like, I couldn't. It, more it, it, you, yeah. You didn't draw it up. Right. I, well, you know, I don't have any jackets that are like great you know shoveling i got a parka but like you don't have mobility in a parka um and have snow I have, pants no i don't have snow pants and then i have uh like some some knee length uh overcoats but like it's basically like a giant thick suit jacket um yeah they're not designed for being outside you need like a ski jacket I, well yeah i needed like a a car hard uh Somebody had to look cool grabbing a truck, uh, you know, shooting the shooting the deers. What's what's a what's a country word for deer? Deer. No, there's got to be bucks. The the buck. Yeah, shooting the bucks in my truck. Oh, oh boy! All right, I want to hit some comments. Um, let's see what else we got on. Uh, um. And some comments. Uh, let me know what you guys think about snowstorms, long distance learning. Um, long distance yeah. snowstorms. Yeah, long distance snowstorms. James is enjoying this snowstorm here, long distance. Um, my daughter's in high school in an honors class. It's not the same as being in school. I think we all know it's not the same as being in school. It's just, I think it's, I think it's very, distant from being in school and and the school systems and the politicians are trying to tell us it, you know it's basically the same thing um virtual you're limited by the technology 
uh, no virtual best day ever. Um, oh, so somebody had us an actual snow day and they didn't do virtual learning. So hmm. uh, one of the districts gave them a half day. That's kind of cool. I think that's uh, a lot of comments about me needing a snowblower, which, you know, I almost got a snowblower, but um, transporting a snowblower. <sighs> You've got a truck? Put it in the back. Yeah. Did I tell you about the, the prick in the, in, the, in the truck the other night or no? Uh-uh. Uh, this guy was buying a snowblower, and it was a nice snowblower. I was on the phone, and I was saying on the phone, oh, you know, this prick just dropped like 2500 bucks on a snowblower. Uh, lucky motherfucker. Like, I, I'm here, here buying the salt. And then I walked out to the car, um, and I noticed that he went. He, he left the store with the snowblower and, came, and wheeled his car back in. He's like, can someone help me load it in the car? So I'm on the phone and I'm like, this pussy motherfucker just dropped 2,500 bucks, you know, to buy a snowblower and he can't even get it in the car on his own. Yo, those things weigh several hundred pounds. And I turned around and he was, <laughs> he was loading the car behind me. So, um, yeah, you just had to run your mouth, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone back in and asked for help. I would have just fucking struggled and and tried to flip that thing on its side and uh, yeah, and then and then just end up dragging it behind your truck the two miles back home. You have seen the things I transported. What a seven foot sofa uh, on top of the jeep, on top of the roll cage for the jeep. Yeah, uh, widthwise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but first of all, that couch weighed way less than a snowblower. Fair enough, but how the hell are you getting a sofa on top of your Jeep? Uh, a, a lot of shit had been transported on the top of that roll cage of that Jeep. Um, but, you know, you, you get to a certain part where you like got to make things happen or suck up your pride. And I wasn't about to, uh, um, you know, ask to have somebody deliver that stuff. And I'm not about to walk back into a store and ask somebody to, because, you know, that's the kind of guy I am. Um, your snowboarding show makes snow miserable, you know, but it was, um, it was a nice day. I, sh I worked my ass off this morning and then I came in, I had some nice soup, got a little breakfast break in the morning. I came back in for lunch. I had some soup. Um, I took a little nap on the floor and, uh, and then I made some cookies because that's what you do. <laughs> so, so that was a day. Um, Anything else that you think we should include on our Snow Days Are Gone podcast? Because it sounds like they're going to be, and that sucks. I'm saying to anybody out there for whom this is relevant, regardless of what your school's policy is or your district's policy is, just rebel. Employ yeah, I mean, the Snow Day regardless. Even if you're supposed to be in online classes, I don't know. Internet's down today. Can't make it. Sorry. That's a, yeah, I I like that rebel option. Just, you know, I just, I think it's... Because if enough kids don't show up to class, the teacher's like, oh, there's normally like 25 kids here. I got like six. What am I going to... How can I teach a lesson and say, all right, six kids got it. I'm going to have to reteach this the next day anyways. If I, enough people just say, fuck this, we're not doing it. I know who those six kids would be. Like, I can think of a few of them going back <laughs> in my mind. Like, I know 
I know what kids would be. Without naming any names, um, the girl that had the locker directly next to yours would be one of them. She would be there. Yeah, she's a very nice girl, but very much into her education. I think. I think she. Uh, I think she went on and, and studied a lot more after after high school too. Yeah, she, yeah, she, I think she became an engineer or something. I'm sure yeah, she's doing fine. She would have been there, um, and a few other people. And that was not. That was not me. These people are probably leaps and bounds smarter than me. Probably 401ks and 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 you know you know solid money, but but that's not you know that's not for me. The the amount of learning and dedication. Can't put a price on fun. School was something I was you know not dedicated to, and I was lucky enough to have have been smart enough to to have passed. And not by you know, uh, not by a hair. So so I was lucky with that. But um, but grades don't really matter. If you're going for a scholarship, grades matter. But you know, if you can tell me what type of grades your dentist got, you know, or what type of grades your uh, um, your mechanic got, it was probably not as good as a dentist. <laughs> but uh, but none of, none of that matters, you know, even even for these, I would say dentistry um, and being a mechanic require like a s- similar level of kind of smarts. I uh, don't agree at all. Well, which, which are you very good at doing? Uh, neither, but... So I can tell you to be a good mechanic, you know, and we're not just talking, you only work on like Fords, you work on Mercedes, you work on Audi, you work on Toyota, you work on Buick. And, you know, you got to troubleshoot stuff. So um, here's here's what I'll say to, to back off of my point a little bit and support yours a little bit is the very best mechanics the ones that really understand cars and can kind of fix anything, they probably have similar intelligence and knowledge to a dentist. But the the barrier for entry of a mechanic is so much lower than dentists, where to be a dentist, first of all, you're basically going through med school because you like, because I had a friend who was going through to, to do dental school and his first year, what, they didn't even really talk about dentistry because the idea is you need to understand the anatomy of the entire body because just because you're dealing with this doesn't mean that it might not have an effect somewhere else that you need to be aware of. So it's med school and then at some point the, they, they kind of branch out and you do something different. But I get. Oh, I know. And, and, even and, get into a dental school requires good grades, and then once you're there, it's hard and it's intense, and it's just as hard as med school. It's just different. Whereas the barriers to entry to mechanics is like, can you pass the interview and can you learn on the job to become truly excellent? You are going to have the critical thinking skills and be able to retain knowledge and learn more about cars than just what you've been taught. Also, yeah, but also dropping out of high school, you know, and that takes a lot of commitment. Like you have to commit to your future as a mechanic by dropping out of high school. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, I think, uh, I think you're going to make a lot more money as a dentist. But, but I definitely think they take a lot of similar amounts of kind of mental uh, bandwidth. And Top mechanics do. And processing power 
to be a, a mechanic and a dentist. But there's a vast difference in pay scale and there's a vast difference in the overhead, you know, or the, the you know, the barriers that it takes to get there. But I would think a, a very good mechanic is using their brain in a very similar way to a dentist. Right. And what I'm saying is that you might only see that in the top two or five percent of mechanics, but you're going to see that in 80 to 90 percent of dentists. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a, you're right. And there's a lot of mechanics that are high school dropouts that go and they change brakes and they change oil and they change brakes and they change oil. Um, and there's nothing there are, wrong with that. No, but... no, of course not. I think that's a great skill to have. Um, and it's a good career. But I think the, the mechanic that, like, you drive your car into the shop and, like, you don't know what it is and it needs work and it needs a tune-up and you're doing this diagnostic to figure out what it is and having that intuition, knowing where to start, and taking guesses and, and not wasting your time and, and just being and fixing something and, and doing it once rather than fixing it and not fully take and then you got to bring the car back. Being right. a good mechanic, I think, it you know, takes a lot of skill. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Those are the top two to five percent of mechanics, yeah. whereas that's the top eighty to ninety percent of dentists. You'd have to be a pretty terrible dentist to to what? So, to to not have the critical thinking skills and and not be able to do anything more than just the simple stuff. But well, I, I think there are a lot. I think there are a lot of people, especially in the medical field, less so probably in the legal field. But, but I think of them that, that just get by on just book smarts. And then when they lose that constructive school, they just coast. And they're not getting any better. And they're just, they're just simply straight by the book. And when you know, things change in 15 years, they are not a very good dentist anymore. You know? Yeah. The same thing in mechanics world because cars are changing all the time too. But... What I'm saying is it takes a, a certain mental capacity and, and ability to adapt and learn as you go as well. Yeah, and that's probably more true of doctors than it is lawyers, just because to, uh, I think it's less prevalent in the legal field that you can kind of just get away with doing the same thing day in, day out, because every case is different. Whereas with at least certain types of medicine, like every case that if, if you're in the specialized field or whatever, you probably, you might be able to get away with every single case that comes across, that comes into your office or whatever is the same. Yeah. And yeah. By the time they make it to your door, they've been diagnosed by somebody else and they say, this is exactly what this person has. We know what you need to do. You're the guy who does it, but you don't really need to analyze too much. It's just do the procedure you're good at. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. And that note, there are no more snow days and fuck the birds. So, um, <laughs> is that going to be your new closing? Is it may be. Fuck the birds. Fuck the birds. I, you know, I, I, I shoveled enough stones this morning. So, if I, you know, I could have killed a lot of birds in yeah. even numbers. <laughs> so, um, but on that note, I uh, appreciate you guys joining us. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Anchor, anywhere else you can get your audio podcast. Check us out. Make some comments. Let us know what you want to hear about next because that is probably the one thing we struggle with the most is figuring out what direction we want to take, what we want to add, and we love interesting. And uh, 
not just interesting topics, but the ones that are difficult to talk about. Um, and the ones that people are engaged in. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously the engagement is a big thing, which is why we're asking for uh, those of you who are listening to us now, we want to know what you want to hear about so that we do we do up the engagement because James and I could just do this, uh, you know, without you guys and uh, it would be bored as hell. Sometimes so, it feels like that's how it works. <laughs> um, well, you know, once you come up, we'll, we'll set up a good uh, video setup so you can see the, the comments as well. Yeah, well, we need to talk about that. We'll do that off the air. All right. All right, cool. I'll catch you later. All right. All right, see ya. Later. Yo, so weigh in, in the comments. Let me know what you think. Um, remote learning, is it something that's around to stay or does it suck? Um, obviously, you know our opinions, but I would love to know yours and I'd love to know what your position is. Are you currently remotely learning? Do you have kids that are remotely learning? Are you a remote teacher? All right, guys. See ya. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.